Welcome to the Vet Podcast by the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Get ready for the latest veterinary news, information and entertainment. Don't forget to visit us at the Vet Gurus website, vetgurus.com. Now, sit back, relax, it's over to the Vet Gurus, Brendan and Mark. Welcome to the Vet Gurus, Brendan here with Mark, vetgurus.com, vetgurus at gmail.com. Our Etsy store, gee, you could spend all day, couldn't you, looking over the Vet Gurus podcast, Mark, and along half your life, I was going to say, haven't we probably spent half our life um, recording them, and this is a bit of a keeper episode, so it hasn't got an actual number and a date timestamp, so this is one that we're going to throw in when we when we can't get together. How are you, Mark? I'm great, Brendan. Everything is good in my part of the world. Excellent. All good here, Mark, in the past, in the future, hopefully as well. And we don't have any emails to discuss because, as I said, it's a bit of a, a keeper episode. And um, I'm just fascinated by some of the comments we do get, Mark, um, on or from our listeners via email. And um, they vary from technical questions, which are probably the most common, um, as in veterinary questions, which is what our podcast is is about, Mark, or veterinary nurse technician questions, and we certainly love those. And, geez, some of them are very insightful, and you realise how I realise how dumb I am, Mark, when I get some of these de- detailed questions from our listeners, Mark, and um, they're um, very insightful, aren't they? Some of do, you think, are... do you think that's a, a, like a measure of how old we are? That I, I know how sophisticated those questions have become and how... I don't know, every, everyone involved in uh, exotic and unusual and avian patients has taken it to another level. Well, you're a sophisticated man, as I know, Mark, uh, especially when you're out there camping in the bush, Mark. You've even um, you've got everything set up there, your, your satellite links and all your you know, interwebs and um, um, there's, there's photons flying around <laughs> there and everywhere with you, aren't there? So you, you are certainly sophisticated. But, yes, you're, you're correct in that. These youngsters, Mark, um, they certainly seem to know their stuff and it's it's great to hear, great to see and um, it's um, I'm proud of the exotic vets, Mark, the unusuals as we call them, the unusuals. And I think that's what we're going to get into with the main topic for this um, episode, Mark, is catching up with the unusuals um, at conferences and I think we might just jump straight into that. We thought we might just have a bit of a... Bit of a chat, bit of a bit of a chinwag, Mark, um, about conferences um, and specifically the unusual and exotic conferences and some of the thoughts we have on it, and especially for um, listeners that may not have attended one um, about the importance, as far as we regard it, and or, or the value, I suppose, is a better way of putting it, of attending the um, exotics conferences, Mark. So. I reckon, Brendan, it's become, for me, particularly poignant uh, over the COVID period when we didn't have them in the same format that we traditionally do. And now that we have returned to the face-to-face format, um, there's some features of it that, um, that, I don't know, they just strike me as being really, really important 
beyond the you know the CPD is is critical that continuing education we all aspire to conferences provide that in abundance uh, but there are so many other aspects and and you've got a few little uh, tips about the way you handle conferences that I think really could be really useful for uh, uh, people that are not the massively experienced conference attendee uh, that you are. So so I'm keen to hear what you've got to say. Well, my first comment is, Mark, it, it gets you out there and if you're lucky enough to travel internationally as well to, to these conferences, it's a really good excuse, isn't it, for seeing parts of the world. <laughs> so forgetting about the veterinary aspect of it, you can choose some exotics conferences in, in virtually all the continents, can't you? Um, not quite all of them, but and some amazing experiences. So my, my first tip would be time treat it a bit like a holiday um, because I certainly feel refreshed when I come back from the conferences, these exotic conferences, because and and definitely energised Mark, um, especially the, the, the chats and all the all the contact with our fellow exotic vets and, and veterinary nurses, technicians, but spend a few extra days either before or after yes. the conference. It, it's crazy just fly in, fly out and, and just being at the conference. And you, you, you're so busy with the actual conference bit that my wife always laughs, Mark, when, when I get home that I'm absolutely <laughs> exhausted because it's a full day, isn't it? You get you get up pretty early and you do a, a, a breakfast catch-up with somebody. Typically, it's with you, isn't it? We go out and have breakfast somewhere at some cafe on, on a riverfront or a beachfront or whatever. You're not, you're not making it sound like it's very exhausting. Hard work, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's tiring catching up and chatting with everybody, isn't it? Um, so we have our breakfast and then we get stuck into it the morning. Sometimes there's even a, a, a pre... It's, uh, a pre um, pre-conference start um, event um, or, or catch up and, and, and you might you run into somebody that you've seen before or haven't seen before and you start chatting to, you know, your new best friend um, at the registration desk, Mark, um, even before the conference is officially opened. And then the, the actual conference itself goes from typically, what, 8 or 9 a.m. to um, usually all day to, to 5 in the afternoon, 5 p.m. So it's a pretty long day, of, especially if, for us oldies, Mark, who um, are not used to sitting in a lecture theatre like we used to um, many years ago at, at university. Um, you, you, you're um, sometimes, um, as, as certainly as we get older, Mark, struggle to keep our eyes open. <laughs> it's fascinating how, it's, for me, I find it fascinating how much how tiring it is you you the the vigilance that you need to cultivate to have a great conference like you said there's doesn't seem like you know you're eating you're sitting down watching a lecture but um you have to be switched on the whole time and and you do end up physically exhausted i sleep like a log at conferences and and i think that you, your point is well taken that you you will be energised by the excitement, uh, the new things you know, the new contacts you've made, and having those few days either side of the conference to to uh, debrief, to um, get back in the flow, just 
zooming in and zooming out means that you've wasted a whole lot of energy in that travel and burnt off a bit of that um, energized state that you finish up the conference in. So, so I reckon adding a day at each end at least is a good thing. And if you can manage to add a bit of travel, if you're going to a conference in Europe or North America, then adding a, a day, uh, a week either side or one end or the other makes a huge difference. And the big uh, related to that travel bit, Mark, is increasingly these conferences also have field trips as part of the conference, um, sometimes in the middle of the conference, but otherwise tacked on either end of the conference. And, and don't forget that that's a real, a real positive experience um, because it's often centred around something like a, a zoo visit or to a wildlife park or if it's here in Australia, it might be a crocodile farm or something like that. Um, so it's, it's related to the to, to to why you're going to the conference, learning about exotic pet care medicine and surgery, and and also being a um, getting out and about and doing a bit of the tourist thing. So it's a it's a win win, Mark. Um, you have fun seeing places and often behind the scenes, which is fantastic. And we've had some amazing behind, or I've I've experienced, and I know you have as well, Mark. Some amazing behind the scenes um, experiences. You know, even museums and 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 zoos and and wildlife parks, etc. And um, shout to out me, to the, the conference organisers because they do an outstanding yes. job of organising those um, those uh, venues and getting behind the scene. And and it it really does enhance the experience. Um, but it's not just the the sort of like uh, field trips. There's um. Um, some pretty bloody wonderful masterclasses too associated with most of Yes, the... yes, and I, I thought we could get briefly go through the sort of structure of these for the, those um, who have not attended these conferences before and hopefully it'll um, encourage them to get out there and get to them because um, they are an amazing experience because you, I mentioned at the start, you, I get home so energised about about things and and the actual lectures or the presentations, um, you, you you see what people are doing and a lot of it's sort of cutting edge, um, but also case reports and it varies from beginner um, talks to these masterclasses, Mark, and you're always learning a new technique or procedure or or, or treatment regime or, or something, a condition or, or a, an illness that nobody, you know, it's it's, it's way before it, they're published in the textbooks that, they, um, that you see them at these conferences and you think, hey, I saw a case like that and you get back to practice and you can't wait to see the next ill animal that has that condition <laughs> coming into your clinic to say, yes, yes, I saw that at the conference and and everybody's trying to nut out what the condition is and, and, and the treatment and or the cure um, for that particular condition. So so that's another good reason why to do it. And, and people, you know, so, uh, I've, I'm fortunate and I've never sort of viewed it that way in that some people view these conferences as, as just a way to get their continuing you know education points they have to have you know each year a certain number in most countries in order to you know keep up with their registration and and um, keep up with things and I've never really viewed it like that because you're so called that up and anyway I, there's 
so many other positive things that it's it's not a chore, Mark. It's certainly not, not a, a chore, is what I'm saying. And I don't, I, you know, you and I have been to uh, conferences in other parts of the world, but one of the things that strikes me about our Australian conferences, really shouting out all those people who listen to you and I from all over the world, if you've got a chance to come to Australia to one of the UPAV conferences, I reckon there are some real differences. And you mentioned one there, Brendan, that um, there's a real range of of lectures. Some of them are non-intimidating, um, uh, entry-level, how do I do this with this sort of patient type lectures. And then the other end of the spectrum, the... the uh, absolute cutting edge science um stuff that uh that you know has developed since you and i started going to conferences since we went to the last conference and so those are the features of the australian conference uh canvassing that whole spectrum just makes it really really uh, good for everyone yes and i think this is a Truism for all the exotics conference, they're so friendly, Mark. Um, there, is there is definitely something about veterinarians who work with uh, unusuals. They're a bit unusual themselves, of course, but I don't know they, they're easy to approach. They're empathetic. They they're good people, and and like you said, they're just friendly and fun to be around. So don't be afraid of heading over to Oz to visit us and uh, attend one of our conferences, even though you may not know anybody at the conference, you certainly will by the end of the conference and you'll have a lot of new besties, um, won't you, Mark? Um, and I think it's the same when, whenever I've travelled overseas and I've been to some conferences where I have not known anybody. And it's amazing how how quickly you've managed to start up a random conversation about some particular species or, or case and um next thing you know you're you're out at the lunches and, and chatting to them again uh, and they're visiting you in your, in your neck of the woods mark um which reminds me of the next part of it so there's a you know there's the formal um presentations that you see and then there's the breakout sessions which are those you know, we call them the morning and afternoon tea um, here in, in Australia or, or the UK. And I think some of the people in the rest of the world, especially like the US, find that quite quaint, don't they? Um, saying, what, what do they mean by morning tea and afternoon tea? Well, it's a, the, the, the mid-morning and the mid-afternoon sessions where you, where you have a little break for half an hour or so and have a bit of a cuppa of your favourite beverage and um, something, a bite to eat. And, and it's often, it, it's those times and those lunches and then at, at the, um, there are formal events like dinners, etc. but um, usually each the other nights there's informal um, dinners and typically what happens at our conferences don't they mark with those um, non-formal dinner events is that we have almost like a happy hour at the hotel or wherever the conference is and then at some stage somebody says i'm hungry and then everybody else says we're hungry too and uh, and there's a bit of a there's we, a bit of a flash mob <laughs> across the poor restaurant on yeah, a week every, night. Yes, <laughs> at eight thirty, and we uh, walk, walk down the street, and then we see a see a restaurant, and uh, somebody um, wanders in there and says, "Do you have seating for thirty people?" <laughs> and the restaurant owner arrives, the panics, and puts the close sign up, or they say, "Gee, we've scored here," and lets everybody in. So, 
and again, you have a great time at those informal um, dinners. And um, but Brendan, it's it's interesting that that uh, you've hit on the the topic that for conferences, COVID has really brought home to me that 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 time for reflection and connection, the face to face things you do when you're not sitting in a in a um, in a lecture theater. I I remember doing the Zoom conferences and yes um and you know uh logging off at the end of a presentation and and sitting in my sad little room by myself and and I know the the human side of um of the conference where you do uh um make those connections over the trade show happy hour or uh, the meal in the evening they're really the situations that I don't know for me they they consolidate the fact that we're all going through the same things I don't know how many times in practice I've gone oh my goodness I have to be you know the worst at this and then you sit down at dinner and and you find out that the other uh, unusual vets are, are dealing with that same sort of problem, whether it's a case related or HR related. The connections reinforce and support us, and they're so valuable. And getting to the conference and making them happen is a really good thing, I reckon. Yep, absolutely. And one of the aspects I wanted to touch on is the the networking aspect. Mark of these conferences is. Um, huge um especially for vets or new graduates or even students definitely oh i've and seen have... your spreadsheet brendan you you're the networking king <laughs> the lists of people that you've got to touch base with well for new students uh, for students mark who want in to look for a job it, it's the perfect place to go because it, it's 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 with most professions i think it's who you know not what you know um as far as getting positions and getting out there if you're getting close to that and same with the veterinary nurses or technicians and an increasing number of these conferences do have a technician slash nurse day or days mark um which is a separate run and we've done it with our conferences the last few years, Mark, and they've been a, a great success. Where, and it's run by the nurses or technicians as well, which I think is a great idea, where they have their own day or, or longer of, of actual um, stream. Right. Yes, um, and that's the time to you know bomb with your other unusual um, nurses and technicians and 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 also looking for positions if you haven't got a full-time position or a part-time position and you're looking for one as a vet or a student or nurse it's a place to be because you'll start chatting to people and they'll say oh, and, and you'll get a feel for what practices and and regions and areas that that suit you um because um in that sort of relaxed atmosphere is when you get a good feel for hey you know i don't like brendan and his practice he sounds a little bit too too stressed out um for a practice for me i'm not going to go there um so i think that's a it's an excellent place to do a bit of networking to find your first or your next job mark <laughs> i agree <laughs> but, but not just that the, the whole, uh, I mentioned human resources before, and, and I think uh, whether you're 
getting a feel for the conditions that other uh, professionals in, in your field are working in, uh, whether you're a, uh, a tech, a nurse or a, a vet, all that sort of stuff is easier to do at a conference. And um, it just gives you more confidence about the job that you're in or the direction your career is heading in. All those things, background scaffolding to your, your you know, your own uh, mental well-being and and conferences provide those opportunities in abundance to reinforce that scaffolding and and uh, improve your mental health. So, I think for for professional reasons, for personal reasons, get along, go there, be there, enjoy it, um, and yeah, I, I'm just I don't think I've had met ever met maybe they. That's why I've never met them. Any person who goes to one of these exotics conferences that doesn't love them and think, gee, I didn't realise conferences could be this much fun, Mark. Um, so if you haven't been to them and you're thinking, um, I won't go to conference because I'm not going to learn much or I'll just get the proceedings. Um, um, the proceedings is, is you know, 5% of, of the value of a conference, isn't it, Mark? And 95% of it is actually being there and all the, the networking, being in, in the lecture um, theatre when, when somebody is giving a presentation. You learn so much more than just reading through the, the actual abstract or the, or the proceedings. And, and the roundtable discussions, I love those. The, yes. The, uh, the, the, you know, there's been some really cool... Uh, roundtable discussions on ethical topics in uh, the in unusual pet medicine um, that that I find really fascinating and and entertaining and energizing. Um, so yeah, the the list goes on, Brendan. We can just find so many reasons to get along to these conferences. Yes, and briefly, you you mentioned about roundtables, but that when we mentioned at the start about those. Masterclasses. What the hell are masterclasses? Well, they're they're a more detailed, um, deep dive into particular, often particular species or, or conditions, um, and often it's a, a practical one as well. And they're fantastic. And it may be endoscopy um, techniques where you actually get hands on um, with a partner and and, and do some um, endoscopy, or it might be bone repair, or it might be rabbit dental. Um, treatment on cadavers and practicing extraction of incisors and cheek teeth of rabbits and they're fantastic the um the master classes i made a fatal mistake in misunderstanding master classes when i first started going to conferences and particularly the upav ones because i thought they were for classes for masters of the art of unusual (laughs) medicine and so i didn't go but they're they're classes that lead you to be masters and and so they're not they're not exclusive they're not uh, meant for you know people that have been in the game for 35 years they're um, suitable for everyone but as you said they they take a particular area and and drill down into it they often uh, I can't think of a time when they haven't had like a real practical component so you can lay your hands on uh, rabbit skulls and and uh, um, look at the dentition um, and then look at the radiographs and listen to the way that uh, uh, master uh, veterinarians deal with those cases. But they're not exclusive. They're not 
unavailable and, and uh, you know, they are designed to lead you to that standard rather than have to be at that standard to go to the class. Yes. And I'll tell you a funny story of one masterclass. <laughs> we ran one for uh, the veterinary nurses technicians one year, which I think it was here in Melbourne, yes, where it was basically anatomy. It was a wildlife class, Mark, so we, we collected various bodies of, of wildlife species from kangaroos to, to big snakes and and echidnas and wombats and all, all sorts of wildlife and it was held at a I'm not sure whether you attended this conference it was held at a um, inner city um, hotel mark and um, after or, or I can't remember whether it was after we'd run the masterclass I think it was or before but Tristan, our good friend Tristan Mark, veterinarian, um, and I were, were packing everything up and we were dumping all these bits of bodies, Mark, that had been chopped up and hacked up um, during the anatomy um, session there, Mark, into the big black body bags and that. And uh, we had we hired a big trolley. We'd, oh, actually, they gave it to us um, that, um, that people normally put their suitcases on, you know, if they're, if they're got heaps of suitcases to take up to their room and it just fits into the little lift um, of the it was a fairly small lift there mark and we had all these big bags of dead bodies that were starting to be a bit on the nose mark um, and there was a little bit of blood oozing out from, a, um, from some of them and we piled them up to sort of head height um, because there were so many of them and we managed to squeeze into the lift there and then this unfortunate couple decided to head up to their room. <laughs> Who knows, they might have been on a, on a, um, on a um, little romantic getaway there and they, they the poor things, they, they turned white when they came into the lift there and they stood all these body bags with bits of um, animals sticking out and, and, and blood splattered everywhere and it was a, a very quiet journey down to the basement that we were heading. Um, I think they were heading from their, you know, penthouse suite to, to, to head out for dinner or something. <laughs> so, yes. So we didn't bother explaining what was happening there, you know. Um, so there we go. So yeah, conferences, Mark. I think we've well, we've we've talked for almost half an hour here of of, of about the joys of the exotics conferences, and I think um, our the only thing you haven't done, Brendan, is um, make a point of what like when is the next UPAV conference? Well, I'm not going to state that because this is a Keeper episode, Mark, um, or maybe it shouldn't be. Okay, so it won't be. This will be um, an episode four. Let's have a look. Um, it will be. I'm pulling up the calendar here, mate. This episode is published on Thursday, the ninth of January, two thousand and twenty-three. So yes, we will do a little plug for our UPAB, the Unusual Pet Navian Veterinarians special interest group of the AVA mark and our conference this year is in November so there's plenty of time to get out here and enjoy our conference and some of the fun that we've been talking about and the conference is in Sydney mark we haven't got an actual so Sydney New South Wales the capital of New South Wales Sydney 20th to the 22nd of November, Mark, is when our conference is. So if you're looking for more details, head to ava.com.au, so the Australian Veterinary Association website, and there will be news 
up there. It may not be up there yet. And just search for UPAV Conference 2023 and um, it will be fantastic, Mark. And we've secured a an excellent keynote speaker. Um, some of you may already know him, Todd Driggers from the USA, who can who will be speaking on a large variety of topics, including his amazing efforts with fundraising for wildlife care during the Australian bush, bushfire season in 2019 and 2020. He, he did a bit of a almost like a Kickstarter type um, fundraising and he raised over $100,000 um, that's been donated to Australian, you know, wildlife efforts and, and veterinarians and, and uh, wildlife rescue organisations. So he'll, he'll have a bit of a chat about that as well, Mark. Um, so, but there'll be lots of great topics and we will have a nurse's stream as well, a nurse technician stream. So bring out your technicians, your nurses as well, and, and visit Australia November and um, spend an extra few days or week or so before or after the conference, especially if you're travelling from overseas and you're sure to have a great time. And if you are out here, say hello to Mark and I because we're both planning to be there. and We'll be lurking in the shadows. And you'll be obviously having a big um, gathering of, of, of adder adoring fans around you mark so just look for a big crowd um walking through the the conference and you'll know that'll be mark so head over there and butt in and say i'm a fan as well and um he's sure to well hopefully say hello once he's um signed a few um t-shirts and and um, um signatures on the conference handbook so, yes, yeah, so it will be great to see you there. The UPAS Sydney Conference 20th to the 22nd of November 2023. And if you're listening to this after the conference, well, see what the one our conference is for 2024, 25, 26, etc. And otherwise attend the conference in your continent or country. You know, the other main ones that we always chat about and we've had some fantastic um, times at Mark are the the ARAV conference, the Association of Reptilian and Amphibian Veterinarians, and the avian um, conferences um, internationally in both and in Australia as well. And the other sort of combined one, which often ARAV and AAV attend at the same time, and I think typically it's what every two years is in a markets care conference, a conference, um, the Exotics General is it conference. Um, I'm trying to remember where it is the next one mark but we attended one in venice didn't we mark that was fantastic um the venice um so what better place to have a conference mark in venice uh, and it was a wonderful conference there as well so have look in just do a bit of a google search and you will find an exotics conference in your region go to them attend them enjoy them and head back to your practice energised and and ready to get stuck into the animals again. And send us a message about your conference. We love to hear what you've done at your conference. Or your upcoming exotics conference, and we're more than happy to to, to promote it um, on our, on our um, little podcast. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. to the vet podcast by the vet gurus 
Don't forget to visit us at the website, vetgurus.com, where you can subscribe, view show notes, listen to previous episodes and more. You can contact us via email at vetgurus at gmail.com to ask a question or just say hi. Thanks again and see you next time. Thank you.